So you're listening to Raw with uh, interviewing Jumping Jack Frost, a.k.a. Nigel Thompson. We've talked about how he became a DJ and got into the scene. Let's now talk about how he started V Recordings, which he did so in 1992. Why Nigel was starting up a label so important and useful to you in your mind? Um, do you know what? I'm going to, I'll be real with you, you know. I'll be real with you. It was, it was really important to Brian. Brian was working already working at a label, and the label went bust. Do you know what I mean? And you know, I was just I was just DJ and I was cool. Do you know what I mean? And Brian was like, we gotta do this, man. We gotta do this. Do you know what I mean? Come, me and you do it together, me and you do it together. So Brian was a real driving force behind it. Do you know what I mean? And I was just, you know, once we got into it, once we started it, that's when I kind of was like, Yeah, this is cool. But the actual starting of inception of it, and Brian was like a real driving force behind that. What it, Brian uh said in the book that you took a back seat on the label. What what was your role? Um, uh, Brian was right. Listen, let me tell you something. No one knows nothing about signing tunes and running a label more than Brian G. Do you know what I mean? And he's good. Brian's better with people than, than I am. Do you know what I mean? And that's you know, people trust Brian more than they trust me. Do you know what I mean? So, so what was your role? What were you doing on the label then? If uh, if I was, he was, I was, I was, I was I, we, we made decisions together. Do you know what I mean? We made decisions together. We always, you know, we were always talk about stuff. And you know, Brian signs the tunes. You know, you said, "What do you think it is?" or whatever. But Brian just pretty much just gets on with it, man. Right. Okay. Well, I mean, in terms of spotting talent, uh, what a touch! He got laid off from Rhythm King. He nabbed those Bristol Jungle demos. I think there's a couple of acts I might have heard of you. You guys at home might have heard of them, uh, Crust and Ronnie Size. Uh, yeah. He played that. I mean, what a touch that must have been. But he he, he played that to uh, Fabio and Groove Rider, Mickey Finn, Chemistry and Storm, and they weren't keen, <laughs> but you were. Uh, what was it about you? No, 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 no. When Brian's, we, Brian, what happened is that Brian, we, we Brian handled his, these demos, and he's like, you got to listen to this. And I'd heard, I just heard them, and then I was just like, yeah, do you know what I mean? And then that's when we decided to start the label, and all those guys heard heard it all after. Do you know what I mean? Right. Okay. Well, but they weren't all that keen. It took them time to develop it. But why do you think that you were like, yes, this these guys, man, this sound? Me and Brian, we just got the same kind of ear for music. Do you know what I mean? And you know, we I think we just kind of saw the future. Do you know what I'm saying? I think we just saw the future. Because if you had, there's a lot of tunes like Warhead. When, when I tried to offer people Warhead or Dubplate, no one wanted it. Really? No one ever wanted it. Everyone's like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. And about two months later, everyone's like ringing me up. Hey, can I have that tune? I'm like, what tune? The one I tried to give you a couple of months ago, a music class. Yeah, that tune. <laughs> you're, you're, you're a visionary. You're ahead of your time, mate. Um, would you, do you think, had you not found those demos? No, I, was uh, or, uh, if, I was just looking for blue there. Oh, he's got he's got his dog somewhere. Where are you? Come here. <laughs> get his dog on camera. Get your get your dog famous. Um, without fight without Brian having found those um demos of yeah. which which led you to such huge success, do you think you would have started the label anyway? And if you had have started the label, do you think you'd have been quite so successful without those demos of Ronnie Size Crust? I don't think I don't think, I, I don't think I'd have been involved. I don't know. I don't know who to say. Do you know what I mean? That's that's something I can't answer because. It's like a, like a sliding doors moment, in it. It's like two parallel parallel universes. You know what I'm saying? So who's to say? 
I'd like to think I would have. Do you know what I mean? Whether it had been as successful, I don't know. I doubt it very much. Do you know what I mean? I think that we just had the driving force then and the momentum and the vision, everything. Remember, you know, this is saying is people always ask me, like, what's your definition of luck? Yeah. Like for me, preparation meets opportunity. They come together at the same time. And you make your own luck out here. And you know, and it's it's it's, it's timing as well. I think. Back then when you could make quite good money out of selling vinyl records, it would have been I would imagine if you've got the right records, not, I'm not saying it's easy to make a success because that underplays what you've done, which I don't want to do. But it was easier, I would imagine, than it is now to uh, create a record label and actually make money um, because digital sales just don't really do it. Is it, is it? Is it a lot harder now to set up a record label than it was back when it's you were first it's, it's way easier now to do it. You know what I mean, back when we done it, I remember us going over to... We, had to, we used to go to the North Circle. We're from Brixton, and we had to go to the North Circle over by near Wembley to the pressing plant, right? To pick up our to pick up our record, to pick up our vinyl. Do you know what I mean? And then we'd get it from there. Then we'd have to take it to the distributor, right? Or drop them off at record shops ourselves. Do you know what I mean? And you had to do the groundwork. You had to do the footwork. Do you know what I mean? You had to really, you know, this is before social media, before computers, before all that. But now, but but it was possible to make money on those because they were tangible physical assets. Now people just share music around. It, it, you know, you put put you put out a digital record. You 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 make very little. That's that's what I mean about the ease. It's probably easier to set one up because anyone could do it. Just do it. But to make money and make it an actual viable going, you know, business, is it harder to do that these days than it was back then when you could actually sell your physical it's hard, assets? It's for harder money? to actually make money now off, yeah. off the records. Hundred percent, you know what I mean. Hundred percent. Back then, it was like you know, look, at, there's no record shops anymore. Right? Yeah. So, so how have how has V managed to move with the times and remain uh, very much at the forefront of the scene in in that changing landscape? I think that we'll just. I think we'll just have a really good, really good artist, really good quality. We've got a good team. Brian just amazing at selecting records for to go out do you know what i mean plus as well i think we've got we've got a good strong logo a good fan base do you know what i mean and we're, you know we're, we're always visible on social media you know we, we put out a, a lot of a lot of good music which is without good music there's you know you could have whatever do you know what i mean but it's just i think that we've just been blessed what, to have what's good, the make what's the makeup of um of how you earn your money now as a record label, back in the day, it would have been largely what well, you sold in vinyl. Merchandise, parties. Right. So it's sort of a change. Well, it, parties that for the last 12 months. Of course. But, um, merchandise, parties. Like people, people have bought more music over the pandemic. Really? Than, yeah. In the last year, people have bought, bought, we've sold more music in the last year than we did in the last couple of years before that. Because that's, that's people indoors, people the people got their decks and people you know what I mean if you look at everyone's got their controllers and stuff at home now, do you know what I mean? So people want to play tunes, like it's been a release. We've sold so much more music during wow. the pandemic. Crazy. That is that's fascinating. I mean, is it but that's not where you tend to make your money, is it? It's the events and the merch. You must have sold quite a bit of merch though, because people are at home as well. 
yeah, do a lot of merch. People will start, we'll do a lot of merch, man. Okay. You know I mean? well, and, 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 and has the label allowed you and helped you to, to stay relevant and up to date with tunes and trends that's kept you at the forefront of this scene? Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Do you know what I mean? I think that we've, um, we've just, just staying with it, keeping the pulse, keeping a finger on the pulse, seeing what's going on, being about fighting. I mean, being in this business is a 24 hour job. It's not, you can't just switch off from it. Do you know what I mean? You've got to really be, you got to, it's like, you're on the, on the button, you know what's going on. You won't, you want to know what tune Spy's making before Spy's finished it. You want to know what tune Elsa's done before he's done. <laughs> if you get what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and in terms of production, why, why didn't you produce uh, as much as you might have done? Um, I don't know. I think I was just... Because when you did, you made some absolutely fantastic tunes. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I just, I just wasn't, wasn't really. You've got to really be committed to doing it. You can't just do it because you should do it. You got to want to do it. And I just didn't want to. I just, you know I mean, I just, just didn't want to do it. I didn't have the patience sometimes to sit there and go back again. I just thought, oh, fuck this. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but you did do it when you were on a charge once, didn't you? That was when yeah. you, you made the burial, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. When you were on a, a I mean, again, it go back to the uh, the weapons stuff. Or you were on a gun charge. What? Why? No. Why at that point did you focus on production? Because you know, I needed, I needed this, I needed a distraction because I was like, I'm thinking, fuck, man, I'm gonna go to jail. Do you know what I mean? For this firearms charge. So I was like, fuck this shit. Do you know what I mean? I need something to focus on. So. And it was a huge tune, the burial. How did yeah. you feel to know that you'd made something so popular? It was it was strange because you know what I mean, just hearing everyone play. You know I, mean? I remember one year I was at Notting Hill Carnival and I walked down the street and every sound system was playing this tune. And I was like, really? I was like, weird as fuck, man. Yeah. They're mind blowing. What a buzz. Yeah, that was weird. That was weird. <laughs> and did you know when you'd made it that it was going to be popular or was it? Just guesswork. Yeah, I was literally. I was. I was at first. I was like, I didn't even think. I was like embarrassed to play it to people because, you know, you heard when you make a tune that you heard it about hundred thousand times before it leaves the studio. Like that mouse, do, 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 and you go, go again, go start again and again. You put that. Da, 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 da. Then by the time you, you, you like, oh, then you just. You know what I mean, I'm, uh, it's, yeah. I, some, I'm sometimes I'm not always critic because well, I'm like no, no and I get quite get quite like not shy but like you might doubt yourself a bit. I don't know if this is good good enough. I'm not really a producer, am I? Do you know what I mean? So when you got a tune on that, I might think it's good, but I think oh, are people gonna really but, like it? But given you had so much success with that tune, why didn't you make more? I'm making. I'm in the middle of making an album now. Okay, oh, sure you are. You are. You don't make up for it. Okay. <laughs> oi oi, go check out the new digital six track EP, A New Hype, from the 14 year old DJ Seema. Yes, 14 on fullthecoolrecordings.bandcamp.com. That's fullthecoolrecordings.bandcamp.com.
I mean, sounds more ravey in Essex than Warrington, though, doesn't it? We really hope you're enjoying yet another one of Raw's in-depth interviews about the rave scene, which we are proud to say are now all curated into the British Library Sound Archive. All of us here at Raw HQ love how much you love what we do, and your generous one-off donations have been a huge help in covering our initial costs. But we're now a team of five, putting in a combined 80 hours a week for no wages, with big plans to expand further, and so our costs are going up. As such, we could really use your help to keep Raw growing and developing, as you've seen us do since our launch in July 2020. First up, go and check out our brand new website. It's rawuk.com, where you can find loads of cool extra content, and you can grab Raw's first ever range of merchandise. That's rawuk.com for our new flashy website. We've also launched a new membership scheme where you can support us financially to create more content on an ongoing basis for less than the price of an oat milk cappuccino. Plus, you get great perks in return. Head to patreon.com forward slash raw UK pods. That's patreon.com forward slash raw UK pods to see exactly what's on offer. You can also join our YouTube membership, which is basically the same. Uh, or if you're not asked about a membership, but you'd like to support us with a few quid as a one-off or a repeat donation, then head to our website and click the PayPal link. A reminder of that new website URL yet again, rawuk.com. Big love and respect to you all. Please keep supporting us. Hope you enjoy the rest of the app. August 2021, a new event, Return to Source, celebrating 90s rave, hardcore, jungle, happy hardcore, drum and bass, and techno, touches down at Suki 10C in Digbeth, Birmingham. We have Fusion South Coast legend DJ Druid, Quest and Fiber Optics DJ Fallout, the uprising northern legend that is DJ Paulo, and London Town's final trickster playing his first happy hardcore set in over 18 years. Tickets are priced at only £14. Just search Facebook and Eventbrite for Return to Source Rave. Frost, what were your favourite raves during the mid-90s and why? Did you prefer big jungle ones or big mixed arena raves? Oh, it's just, you know, different. You can't, you can't, you can't, I, I, I like them all, man. I think that, I like them all. I liked um, the vibe, you've got to go to Skelter, the Milton Keynes, that vibe in there, that was mixed through, mixed, that was just like, everyone just having it. One minute you'd have like fucking slip mat, then I'd come on, it's just vibes, do you know what I mean? Then you've got the jungle vibes, that was just vibe they gave for different, it's just, it's all love. I love them all, man, you know what I mean? Did you feel sad then when the scene became so split that it was just impossible to have mixed arena events, really? Yeah, yeah, it was, it was a, that was a real shame. Do you know what I mean? That was a real shame. That was a real shame. Yeah, because when you look at it, they just became fewer and fewer. And they were really good, really good, man. Do you know what I mean? Really and good. also, do you think you had such success because you weren't afraid to go north? Because at the time, people didn't tend to go north, did they, from London? I've been going to up north since the days of Dynamics, you know what I mean? I've been going to, like, other than that, play that fucking, I've been Scott the Resurrection and stuff like that, do you know what I mean? Which is, like, massive, do you know what I mean? And, like, I've done a lot of stuff in, like, Doncaster, and I've done the groundwork up north, man, early, do you know what I mean? Real early, so. And that paid off in, in time, because yeah, you kept getting yeah. bookings to come back, yeah. and you were known, and I, don't, I, I did, did that make you a favourite up north? Because if, a lot of DJs weren't willing to know, go there. Know. They must have been like, about, this guy, man, we like him. I don't know about a favourite, but I know people like me. Do you know what I mean? I know they like me. And I, and I, and I, 
really like going. I've got a family in Manchester and stuff as well. So I spent a lot of time out there growing up. Do you know what I mean? And I've got a lot of friends in like Leeds. I'm good friends with like Mark from Iration Steppers. Iration Steppers. Like we're good friends. Do you know what I mean? We like go up to Leeds, we play up in Leeds, stay up there and do you know what I mean? So yeah, I'd spend a lot of time up north. I love, I love the people up north. Do you know what I mean? A friend in every city. Um, you, but you paint a picture in your book of uh, the dark, moody dances in Birmingham and Manchester in particular. Did that element of darkness appeal to your personality? I loved it. I loved it. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. I loved like a home, it. like a home from home. Yeah, I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. When when gunshots were going off, not bothered. Not really bothered. It wasn't ideal, right? It wasn't ideal. It wasn't ideal, but I, you know, I got it. I, I, I got it. <laughs> Were there any that you didn't enjoy? I didn't enjoy some people's... I didn't enjoy... Some people felt intimidated and um, and sometimes the violence, do you know what I mean, wasn't good, do you know what I mean? Because it, it did spill over into, into real trouble and problems sometimes, which wasn't good and, Innocent people got hurt, you know what I mean? And innocent people, people should be able to go out and party and enjoy themselves. Right, the dark side and the, it's all good and all that. But when it starts actually happening for real, people are getting hurt and people are getting robbed or things like that. It's not nice. And it was a turn-off for a lot of people, wasn't it? It was, it was becoming less and less popular. And in a way, you partly helped to save that because Ronnie Size was one of this new generation of drummer bass artists. I'll tell you what as well. One time, me and Brian, we played, I don't know if you know about, they had like all the gang stuff going on in Manchester between the Gooch and the Dodder and all that. And they had a big gang, they had like a big ceasefire party in Manchester. And me and Brian played down there with all the gang members, like a jungle. (laughs) It was was good, but it was like, do you know what I mean? It was it, it was needed at the time because things were getting out of hand. Do you know what I mean? So, you know, it was it was good to be part of it, but it was a proper dark night. Then the flame throws going in it. And like, <laughs> yeah. Fucking hell! <laughs> <laughs> um, well, keep the place warm, wouldn't it? Um, and uh, so, what I was saying is that you, uh, though that that sort of new tranche of artists that include Ronnie Size, um, yeah. winning the Mercury Prize, of course, which which he did in nineteen ninety seven. That the, the the sort of repackaging of jungle as drum and bass and making it a bit more accessible, a bit more mainstream, brought in the mainstream crowd and the violence off. Well, I think it's, it's been widely known that it sort of went off to garage, I suppose. Um, so in a way, those sort of artists that you brought through your crusts and your Ronnie sizes helped perhaps to save what was a, a dying scene. Um, I, I don't know. I think that, you know, it, there was, I think that Ronnie and Cross and that are just the, they're just the names that, that because they, they had such success and with the Mercury Prize win, they're the first ones that come to mind. Do you know what I mean? But there was loads of other, it was like a whole load of people, artists from that some people may never have heard of. Everyone was, do you know what I mean? Because, you know, everyone influenced each other. Do you know what I mean? But obviously, when you hear like Ronnie Sires and the, the Mercury's, that's the first thing, you know. That's going to come to your head, but there's how no... much? How much was the music driven by a desire to change the scene, or was it? Did the music was that an unintended consequence of? Yeah, but the natural progression because we, you know, 
everything's got every, everything's got its expiry time, hasn't it? Do you know what I mean? Everything's got its time when you got to move on and turn the page. And it's just it, if you look back, it isn't just this. It isn't that period that I had to do that. It's been doing that from 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 the evolving. You know what I mean? From the time it, it evolved, it till and it's just started evolving, 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 and keeping changing. Like, you know what I mean? And it's it's been doing that all the way through. Do you know what I mean? And it will continue to do that. Okay. Um. And and Ronnie winning the Mercury Prize in 1997, huge moment. Um. For both you. One of the proudest moments of my life. The what? The proudest moment of your life? What? Well, absolutely, should have been. Life, yeah. One of the proudest. Well, I mean, it should be, and it sounded like a great night was had. Uh, you were there, sitting there with your big cigar and your and your suit, and Brian G wearing just his his normal gear, uh, just out for a night out. I mean, that is so Brian, by the way, and that is so yeah. you too. Um, but the, uh, I mean, what a huge moment for you, for V, but for the scene as well, and for Ronnie, it turned him into a superstar. What did it do for you, and what did it do for V? Well, you know, we at the time when we went to America, we all went together. Do you know what I mean? We had about the big coaches, the the, the tour buses and stuff, and we all went together. Like we, me and Brian DJ doing all the tour dates. Do you know what I mean? So obviously, there was an association, obviously between us all. So we was kind of just, you know, we kind of went through it with it as well. Do you know what I'm saying? Which was nice. Do you know what I mean? Because we'd all kind of done this journey together. So it was really nice. Did you feel overnight V changed in status? Not really, because we had before then we had already had nights in America. We'd already it obviously yeah, yeah, in status. We'd already been in like Rolling Stone magazine and stuff like that. And 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 um other big magazines in America because we'd released V Classics out there and Planet V. But then when when Ronnie came out, I think it just took it up a notch. Do you know what I'm saying? I think it just took it up a notch, definitely. Well, it definitely took your partying up a notch. Uh, you went yeah. on the uh, US tour. I mean, it's a real, if you read the book, it's a proper sex and drugs and rock and roll vibe. Um, it sounds like you were the ringleader, to be honest. Um, what was the highlight? <laughs> oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. <laughs> what a life. <laughs> <laughs> What was your highlight of the of that of that tour and that party? You know what the highlight was? Just being around, just all of us being together, all of us being together and and sharing that experience together was that that was the highlight. We had Moose there with us. It, you know, it was just it was beautiful, man. Do you know what I mean? I remember at one point we was on the tour, and Brian Brian and Moose headed off to Japan. And they'd done the gig and they'd come back and join the tour in another city. It was like, wow. do you know what I mean? I, you know what I mean? I just, that doesn't happen to drummer bass stars, does it? Do you know what I mean? It's like, well, it does now, but it never I, used I, to. I, I had to play like, I had to play two shows on my own. I think Toronto and somewhere else on my own while Brian and Moose is in Tokyo. Then we, then, then we went on the coach, stopped at the airport, picked them up, they jumped back on the coach. Whoa, we're off again. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? That's amazing. And, and, and how... I know Ronnie was saying, oh, you know, I just smoke a bit of spliff, but, you know, the other guys, they really, really had a good time. How debauched did it get, some of it? I'm going to take the fifth. Right, okay. Well, read the book and you'll find <laughs> out. I mean, it was very... Well, it, listen, was very it, got grubby. it got grubby, yeah? <laughs> it got gory. 
Gories in the word. Oh, good. good grief. Gory. gory, blimey. Um, and and then, uh, unfortunately, slight fly in the ointment. Ronnie soon signed for Talking Loud, and you basically lost them. I, I know that Brian wasn't happy. He said in his podcast he was really pissed off, actually. How did you feel? Well, you know, that was the thing about it is that Talking Loud had signed them, and that was part of the Talking Loud tour, and we were still there. So even though we'd lost them as a label, we were still very much part of the whole setup and the, of and, and, and how you know I mean not decision how decisions were made, but we were you know they they they, they didn't say oh well you guys are, they, we were very much part of of the whole machinery behind getting it to where it was and afterwards with the touring and everything. So we what did were, you what did you make of um? of the commercial and cutthroat, often cutthroat world of major labels? Well, you know, we all know, do you know what I mean? We know the shout, do you know what I mean? And, you know, as I said before, I've worked quite extensively behind the scenes with with some people that are really successful in the business now, do you know what I mean? And I'm not, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm very industry-ish as well, like, you know what I mean? It's like not just I'm very industry kind of behind the scenes industry, so I know quite a lot of, about the about the cutthroats and all that. So I can I can deal with it. You know what I mean? I'm quite so it didn't it didn't phase you or fuss you. Um, again, the party continued. Stories in your book of flying around the world, partying, they're do, you know doing loads of drugs. The stuff a legend, really. Um, how much money do you think you were spending at your peak? Loads. I was. I spent, spent the shit loads. Can I say that in? No, yeah, it's been shit loads. Shit does it make? Does it make you? Does it make you like your toes curl when you think about how much money you got through back then? Yeah, of course. You think, fuck's sake, I don't know fucking load of money and load of gear, and it's all <laughs> fucking up with fucking smoke. <laughs> Did you invest anything? Yeah, of course. Okay, fine, fine, fine. Well, okay, well, that well done. I mean, did you, so right. you know, what while well, you were doing loads of gear, you were still managing to uh, to invest. So you know, what's the problem? No, I'm joking. I'm joking, kids, if you're listening at home. Um, your successes at the back end of the 90s, though, and partying, while fun, they did have a serious edge. It became, eventually became too much. And and you fully admit that you, that your life fell apart. You became yeah, paranoid. I was going to rehab and everything, mate. You know yeah. what I mean? You became well, paranoid, depressed. You waved yeah. a gun about at a family wedding. I mean, yeah. it's uh, it, 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 it bonkers. You also had a couple more kids. You, you know, you, you were told by Brian, sort yourself out. How did yeah. you feel about that? It must have been quite scary find, yeah. find, with your life going from such fun. To... Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I, t- I took myself away for about a year after the after scene of everything. Went and done the rehab thing, like counselling. Um, I've still got a therapist to this day. Have you? Yeah. Yeah. Because it just keeps me like that. And that's why I keep so busy as well, to keep myself, you know what I mean? The devil makes work for idle hands. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. So I just keep myself busy. So you might, I mean, clearly you're a, a big proponent of therapy. Men often are, it's not just men, but mm. but but it is probably more so men, uh, are not inclined to explore therapy uh for whatever reason maybe they think it makes them look weak or they're scared or whatever you know secretly scared what would you say to anybody who is going through some trouble and and is on the fence about the idea of getting some therapy i highly recommend it because you know um i'm a huge 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 supporter of 
discussing your mental health and talking about your mental health and talking about how you feel. Do you know what I mean? And I think that it's healthy to have therapy. I think if you're feeling down, if you're feeling depressed, you should talk to someone. Do you know what I mean? And you should be able to talk about it because now we're living in a day, especially in these times, we've just come out of a, a, a global pandemic. Do you know what I mean? And people's mental health has been seriously affected all across the board. It doesn't matter who you are. Do you know what I mean? And there's pe- people should feel comfortable. And I urge people out there, if you're feeling that, if you're feeling like you want to talk to someone or you're feeling down or go and seek help, talk to someone. You know what I mean? Is, is the help, and this is a genuine question, Nigel, because I've seen people who've had mental health problems and they, and they haven't been able to find help because mm. it, it doesn't, it's not as easy as just talking, go and seek help. There are a lot of things to jump through. I am an ambassador of a, of a, of We Are Hummingbird, which is a mental health and suicide prevention organisation, non-profit, yeah? Mm-hmm. And if you're seeking help, go to www.wearehummingbird.com forward slash help. And you go to that website there and it will bring up a list of places and things that that and, and will cater for whatever needs you need. I'm going to say it again: www.wearehummingbird.com forward slash help. Yeah, go there because I'm telling you something. There are people out there ready to talk to people and to listen. Well done, mate. That's a really uh, important thing. You know, you talk about it all the time on the Frost Report, which is your uh, new podcast, which is uh, great, by the way. And if anyone hasn't seen it, they should. They should go and check it out. Um, how difficult can your mental health difficulties make life? Uh, can you? Can you? I, I, I've I've not had huge bouts of depression. I think I've had some some small periods where I've been depressed. I have been to some therapy myself. Um, I didn't necessarily find it as useful as, as I might, but I don't think that that was because you know the 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 problem with therapy. I don't know if I had the right person, but. Um, can you tell it's coming? Can you tell, uh, you know, a down period is coming? Have you learned to deal with it better as you've got older? Um, I don't know, because now I kind of, now I, you know, I kind of, I've got the tools now to, to deal with things and I know my triggers and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, obviously, you know, I've been through some fucked up shit. You know what I mean? My family this last year, we lost my little cousin, Den. Then he's like, he's seven years old to leukemia. That yeah. was tough. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, it was more grieving as, as recently it's been, which is, you know what I mean? But um, in terms of feeling down and depressed, you know, if you've got symptoms like not wanting to get out of bed, do you know what I mean? Wanting to isolate yourself from, pe- from people, these are, the, these are the most common signs of someone that's not quite being themselves. And the thing about it as well is that, you know, people are, people are like, especially now, People are saying things like, oh, I don't want to bother anyone. I don't feel like people will listen to me. Do you know what I mean? You need to try and talk to someone if you're feeling that way. Because I'm telling you something, half of the world's feeling that way right now. We're, we're living in very, very testing times. Do you know what I mean? And has, I mean, therapy made it easier for you to get through this last year where you've not been performing, you've probably, you know, not been earning as much as you were usually yeah, and, yeah, and mixing. Yeah, I've, 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 been, I've made an album. You know what I mean? I've I spent the year working with some really, really talented people who have helped me to create this album. Do you know what I mean? 
I'm not really one for the studio sitting there and all that. I, do you know what I mean? I've got people that help have helped me to create this album. I just I know what I want, and I say, can, can we do this and do that? And I help it come together. Do you know what I mean? And um, so I'm gonna make, we're, we're just going to finish it off now. It's a few more tracks. That's what I've been doing, and that, and you know, what I mean? and this podcast thing that I kind of I've enjoyed setting up. It took a little while to plan it all out how I wanted to do it and everything because I, I wanted to get a little concept together and everything for it. And it's, yeah, it's, 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 I'm enjoying it. No, it's really good. And anyone who hasn't seen it should go and check out. They get some. You've got some great guests on there. I'll probably talk to you a little bit more about it later on. But do you understand, Nigel, perhaps why you're perhaps more prone to depression than other people? Um, I don't know. I don't know, man. Uh, maybe because of the life I've lived. Do you know what I mean? Maybe, maybe because maybe I took too much drugs. Do you know what I mean? Maybe, maybe that might have something to do with it. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, Possibly, might do. Do you know what I'm saying? Might what do. about what? What about being a creative? Are creatives perhaps more prone? Creatives to... are very prone to. I think creatives are very prone to to um, to depression as well. Yeah, hundred percent. And we're clearly making strides uh, yeah. as a society in our uh, treatment. Uh, our approach and our treatment of mental health. Um, how far have we got to go, though? Because it's not the same as breaking a leg, is it? Let's be honest. Well, it's, it's something that we have to, it's a conversation that we have to keep on having. We have to keep talking about it. Do you know what I mean? We have to keep on having it. We have to keep letting people know it's all right to not be all right. It's okay to not be okay. Do you know what I'm saying? So it's, something, it's a conversation we have to keep having, especially us guys. We have to have this conversation. It's an important conversation. Do you know what I mean? And um, it's important for our kids to see us talking like this as well, because that is where, that's where, that's the, we, that's where we've got to get the message going. That's when we're, the work's got to be done there. So once they get older and they, it becomes normalised to talk about it, job done. How important are friends? And if anyone's out there, so I've got a friend who's uh, quite depressed <laughs> at the moment, um, but it's difficult to know what to do about it um how important are friends and if you've got a friend for instance who's in a, uh, who's showing those signs of depression is it, what can we do um you know you had for instance fabio well, you know told you some home truths yeah. at one point didn't he you know yeah, and that yeah. really you you, yeah. you valued that yeah of course listen the best thing that you can do as a friend is listen listening is really important you know try to talk to them and try to find out what's going on don't like preach to them don't just, you know, you have to be really kind when you sometimes, when you're approaching someone who might be going through things or, or suffering, do you know what I mean? So just try to be kind, but the most, when they're talking to you, the most important thing is to try to listen to what, what they're going through. It's about a pressure, it's about a roar. Uh, there was a, a point in the book which I found, I found probably one of the most fascinating uh, parts of the book is that what happened with your drug addiction at that point you were taking quite a lot of money out of v and yeah. brian naturally reacted badly when he found okay. out that you were doing that and they, he told you to step away from the business because your behavior was damaging v's image you were doing crack cocaine at that point as well it was a real low point for you it was before you went uh to, to, to therapy yeah. um he says at the time he felt scared of you and that if, if someone said that about me, I, I think I'd be absolutely heartbroken. Is, is that how you felt? 
when I came out of therapy and I came out of rehab I, and, and we or we finally sat down and spoke and everything, I was heartbroken, man. I was in tears because I, I was just not, I was, sh- I was not myself at all. I was sick. I was ill. I was fucked, man. Do you know what I mean? I had to get myself away. I never saw Brian for about a year. I had to go away and just really look at myself and sort myself out. You know what I mean? It was tough. It was proper tough, man. You know what I mean? But Brian was there for you, wasn't he? I mean, he was, uh, he's been yeah. such a friend over the years. And you need people like that in your life, don't you? 100%. 100%. 100, 100, 100, 100, 100. I love him. He's like a brother. He's like a brother. He's like a brother, and- man. And, and 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 as you say, you you went to therapy, uh, you went to rehab, sorry, um, and that included counselling. What is it like going to therapy? Most people, uh, sorry, to to to, uh, to rehab. Most people will have no clue. Yeah, well, you have to look at yourself. You know what I mean, you have to look at yourself. You have to do a lot of like you've got counselling sessions, group sessions, and you, know, you just have to take yourself away for a bit. Do you know what I'm saying? I done two months in there. Do you know what I mean? straight and then time after that came out even when i came out i just spent about another six months just just away from everyone do you know what i mean just away from everybody and just like going to the gym still having therapy still just like looking at myself how i can improve myself you know what i mean and then after about a year then i went to went back and started getting kind of interacting with people again in the scene. Do you, uh, sort of looking back, is there anything you could have done to have avoided all that situation happening? Or was it just, it was just a maelstrom of factors that would would have inevitably ended there anyway? I was, I was, there was a lot of other stuff going on in my life. It was just like a roller coaster. I was too young for too much money. Too much everything, man. Do you know what I mean? It was just, it was, it was, it just got out of control. Got out of control, man. And what did you learn from the whole experience? Um, it was very humbling. You know what I mean? It was very humbling. And you know what? What I learned is gratitude. How to be grateful. How to value yourself and life and respect people and have some humility and empathy. That's a, that's what I've taken the most out of it. Do you know what I mean? It's a very humbling experience. Do you know what I mean? I and I'm, know. you know, I'm grateful. I'm grateful that I've been able to come back, make, make, make more business, make more money. Just you know, be motivated. And and what the most feel like gives me the most pleasure is being able to help people. That's what gives me a lot of pleasure. Do you know what I mean? That's why I do this. I do quite a lot of stuff with with um, we are hummingbird and a few other other charity kind of things to just try to give something back, you know what I mean? Um, you're always, as we mentioned earlier, can sometimes creep back in. Um, yeah. <laughs> the whole frost comes back from time to time. Uh, we mentioned uh, a couple of those occasions, uh, including at that wedding. How do you feel about the fact that you're, the old frost can come back from time to time? Is that not scary? No, not at all. It might be necessary from time to time. <laughs> What 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 are those times that might be necessary? Whenever whenever it happens, it happens, isn't it? I'm not, you know what I mean. If you feel that way, obviously, do you know what I mean. I'm, you know, I'm, the power of negotiation is, you know, it's all first and foremost. But you're not going to have someone taking a piss higher. Do you know what I mean? No. Come on. Do you know what I mean? You're not going to have that. But it's interesting that you view a lot of your life as a, a, as DJ versus bad boy. 
um, and it's a constant battle for you um, to make sure that the DJ wins uh, and label owner wins. Um, how often have you failed? No, you know what? It's not even. It's not even. It's not even DJ. It's dad. Okay. It's dad, dad. I'm a father. I'm a grandfather. I'm a. You know what I mean? A, a friend. You know what I mean? That's 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 a forget the DJ part. That comes afterwards. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm a father, a grandfather, a friend. Do you know what I mean? And, um, and I, 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 I'd like to think I'm a good person. Do you know what I mean? So that's that's what comes first and foremost. But you do have those tendencies. How often do they? Does that? Does it? Does it? Does it, it wait the other way? Not for a long time. Not for okay. a very long time. Do you know what I mean? That's. You know, I'm, on Saturday, this Saturday, I'm looking after my two grandsons, and they're like, they're they're both they're not even they're both like not even six months old yet, from two of my kids, so. That's me now, you know what I mean? That's I mean, me. it's not very it's not very becoming for a granddad to be getting involved in violence, is it? I mean, it's, it's all kind of embarrassing, isn't it? No, well, good for you. Good, for, good that you've realised that and you've moved on uh, and don't do that. Uh, you've also said that temper is one of your biggest troubles in life. Um, how, has, how has that impacted upon your life? Temper? Mm. Well, that's, that's like when I was younger, you know what I mean? When I was younger, I was... These crazy things and just—it all goes back to that same era of how I grew up. People just—you just react crazily, don't you, when you're young? You know what I mean? But now, you know I mean, I'm just—I'm just chilled out, man. Do you know what I mean? Is that all the weed? <laughs> <laughs> it helps. It can't do any. It can't hurt, can it? To be honest, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's it for another episode of Raw. And if you like what you've heard, we'd love you to get involved. All of us here at Raw HQ buzz hard off how much you, the Raw crew, enjoy our work and your generous cash donations have been a huge help since our launch. But we're now a team of five, putting in combined 80 hours a week for no wages. We've got loads of plans to go further, expand our team and offer. But that does mean that our costs are also increasing. So we could really use your help to keep Raw growing and developing as you've done since we started. So please do check out our website initially. It's rawuk.com for interesting extra content and to get your hands on our first ever range of Raw merchandise. That's rawuk.com. We've also launched a new membership scheme where you can donate to create more interesting and fun content on an ongoing basis and you'll even get stuff in return. So head to patreon.com forward slash rawukpods. That's patreon.com forward slash rawukpods to see what's on offer. You can also join our YouTube membership, which is the same. Or if you're not bothered about membership, but you'd like to support us with a few quid as a one-off or repeat donation, head to our website and click the PayPal link. That website URL, one more time, rawuk.com. Respect to you for your support and for getting to the end of this episode. Please keep supporting us and help ensure there's more quality content coming your way on a regular basis. Oi, oi. Raw, raw, raw.